Hey everyone, I'm Scott Branley. And I'm Alicia Coakley. Every member of the church has a story to share, one that can instill faith, invite growth, and inspire others. On today's episode, we're going to hear how a mother's intuition, a two-year health battle, and a tear-filled turning point led Kim to a career that not only blessed her family, but is blessing others around the country. Welcome to Latter-day Lights. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Latter-day Lights. We are so excited to introduce to you all the woman who has played a big role in this podcast actually being started. Our book coach, Miss Kimberly Clement. Kim, thanks so much for hopping on (laughs) this podcast with us today. It's super fun to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, It actually feels a little bit like deja vu being on with you today. Um, Since we already talked today actually about about uh, the book that I'm writing, but um, also because the first time we met, um, Alicia called me while she was sick and she sounded horrible. And then today she's sick again and doesn't sound (laughs) much better than she did back then. I do. I sound like I'm a dying frog right now, but that's okay because I'm just going to let you guys do most of the talking. So, Actually, I do think you sound better than when you first told me about Kim. Maybe a little bit. So Kim is quite the achiever. Not only is she running a thriving editing business where she works with several award-winning best-selling authors. And future award-winning best-selling authors. Cough, cough, wink, wink. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, Kim is actually both my editor and Alicia's editor. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's she's also an acquisitions editor for Rooftop Publishing And she teaches a writing class for the Rare Faith franchise. Plus, she's served on the board of Latter-day Saint Publishing and Media Writers Conference. And she was the director of their pitch room um, in the last conference. And it was an amazing success um, by the writers and publishers that were there. So I hope I said all the cool stuff about you, Kim. I'm sure there's a lot more, but... Well, thank you, Scott. You know, I got to meet Scott for the first time at that conference, and I am really excited about both Scott and Alicia's books that are coming up. And Scott, Alicia was sick at the time, but uh, Scott's book was pitched to several publishing companies that expressed interest in it. And Mm -hmm. I know people are going to be, publishing companies are going to be excited about Alicia's too. So got good things coming up. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you coming on, Kim, and sharing your story with us today. Um, I know that part of your story is related to editing, but there's more to it than that. Um, so why don't you go ahead and share your story with us? Well, thank you. So I was one of the kids who was teased a lot in school because I really struggled. And in I remember I have this specific memory in third grade of kids fighting over who got to grade my paper because of my creative letter combinations. Like they kind of make fun of my spelling, which is kind of funny that I'm an editor today. Like sometimes I wish I could like go back and tell that teacher, you know, I'm an editor, maybe quote Mark Twain who said something like, I don't respect a person who can only 
be creative, uh, creative enough to spell a word one way. But, um, and my deep, dark secret is that I'm not, I'm an editor, I'm a structural editor usually. So I do like big picture editing, but I'm still not a great speller to this day. And even though I'm an editor, so, uh, anyway, but that's okay. But about, so by, by third grade, I was far enough behind that my mom pulled me out of school and decided to homeschool me. And the homeschool consisted of sitting on the couch and her just reading me novels. Like she read to me. Um, and I can still like run on the Swiss Alps with Heidi in my head from that and get lost in caves underground with Tom Sawyer. And I just fell in love with reading and writing. And a year later, she sent me back to school. And I remember, well, she tells the story about being very thankful for teachers uh, at that point and sending me back to school, homeschooling's not for the faint of heart. And, and, you know, they tested me and I remember getting tested into like the green reading group. It was like the highest reading group. And I didn't like stop to thank my mom. I just thought to myself like, well, of course I'm brilliant. Like I'm a smart person. And, uh, but it, it made a big difference that one year. So fast forward 30 years and my husband and I had been married about 15 years at that time. We had kids ages seven to 12. Um, and I came down with a pretty bad chronic illness where it was kind of like chronic fatigue syndrome with like all these extra weird symptoms. And I went to all kinds of specialists. Nobody could do anything about it. Um, I remember calling in our ward for meals and just being in tears. Cause I was the person calling in for meals, which was so sad. Cause I had delivered so many meals. Like, why was it hard for me to ask for help like that? But that was one of my lessons, I guess. So, um, yeah, we got a lot of help, but I was stuck in bed with young children. And this one night I woke up at two o'clock in the morning and I had one weird symptoms was that symptom was that my lips would get infected and they would like swell up really bad. And it was super painful. Ooze fluid. It was very gross. And um, I'd have to go to the emergency room and I laid there and I just was trying think of alternatives to going to the emergency room, maybe putting ice or something on. I just, it was so painful. I just, I said this prayer to, I, I think I remembered a quote in this moment um, by, um, I looked up this quote by um, Orson F. Whitney, where he says, no pain that we suffer, no trial we experience is wasted. All that we suffer and all that we endure, especially when we endure it patiently, builds up our characters, purifies our hearts, expands our souls, and makes us more tender and charitable. And of course, I did not remember that whole quote, but I remember the gist of it. And I just said, I think my prayer was just like, this experience can't be for nothing. Like it has to be of some benefit to, to me or someone else at some point. And I think that was a turning point for me because I stopped feeling sorry for myself and asked the question. Well, I probably still did feel sorry for myself, but I also asked the question, what do you want me to learn from this God? Like what good can I do with this? And I think that question changed everything for me. For some reason, after that, I was able to go back to sleep that night. You know what I think happened? I just remember this right now. I remembered I had a medication I could take. I had an antiviral and I got up and I took it. 
Um, and I was able to go back to sleep and in the morning, you know, it had subsided. And the thought that came to me was to start writing again, because I was stuck in bed. And I'd always loved to write, even though my college degrees in the sciences, but, and so I started writing and I wrote a lot and is, and then eventually, um, through some other miracles, which I won't go into right at this moment, I could later on, but pretty amazing miracles. I did get better. Uh, um, and the first thing I went to that I, besides the doctor was a writing group and the writing group was led by this lady who owned a publishing company and she, um, taught us how to edit. And I was super good at this. I'm bad at a lot of things. But this, I was like a rock star at. And I was, I actually wasn't surprised. I was like, yeah, this is my thing. I remember this now. And so uh, that's, that was, um, you know, part of my start in editing. So now just to back up a little bit, how long did it take you to get better? And did you ever find out what it was that you were sick from? Like, how long were you sick with it? Yeah, I had so many tests and I actually have a bachelor's degree in from B, from BYU in basically hospital lab work and it's called clinical lab science. And even with all those tests, I couldn't figure it out. I went to so many doctors I could never figure it out. But then I read this book called The Adrenal Fatigue Diet by Alan Christensen. And um, it wasn't, I think they put diet in the title to sell the book. It was more about understanding adrenal fatigue, which is basically that we run ourselves as, uh, I think mothers, Americans and dads too, you know, so thin that basically we run out of stress hormones. Um, Mm. and so those, your adrenal glands regulate your stress hormones. And so I read his book and he's like, if you are, and he has some quizzes in there that I recommend actually that are on his website. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, you, and so I took the quiz and I was like, yeah, I have this pretty bad, according to him. There's not a lab test that's definitive that can diagnose this. But I have to tell mm-hmm. you, when I did his stuff, I got better. And it was pretty, wow. it wasn't too complicated. How long was it that you were sick for? It was for two years. It was for 2014 to 2016. And in retrospect, I'd been sick a long time before that. It was just, that's when I hit rock bottom. And I do still have some remnants of adrenal fatigue. So as you started, as you started coming out of this and feeling better, you, then you you kind of went into writing, editing. So when did you start? Um, what did you do with those things that you started writing? Did you start writing articles? Did you start writing books right off the bat? Like, how did that all? come to be? That's such a great question. I I have so many thoughts as we're talking about this. So I, there was this one point at which my husband took all of our four kids to a family reunion without me because I wasn't well enough to go. And so I had this week all by myself. It was like Christmas times 20. Like I was so happy to just be all by myself. I love my family. I am a little bit of an introvert. But so I was just so happy. And, and about halfway through the week, I was after I had just like gotten so much relaxing, relaxation and rest, I thought if I could do anything in the world, like what would I do? I can do it right now within my limitations. And, you know, I thought I would write a story like that's what sets my soul on fire is writing stories. And so I had already, so that's what I did. I started to write a novel 
and that is the novel that is actually coming out. Uh, well, I'm wor- it's finished. I'm working on it, finding an agent for it right now. Wow. So um, awesome. Yeah, that's what I did. Well, and how is that? So, so you you are writing, but then you're also editing. So, have you seen that bless the lives of others? Like, how does how does that help other people? Yeah, I do know, like deep in my soul, that I one of my missions in life is to help other people share their light and to help other people share their stories. I can like I feel chills as I say it, even. So what I did was I started volunteering to help other people. You know, I don't have a degree in this, but I started helping one of um, my favorite podcasters. I sent her, um, I listened to her podcast about exercising faith. Uh, Leslie Householder, her it's the Rare Faith franchise. And she said, you know, if you want to accomplish something in your life, like say it's to be able to go to the temple or to heal your family. She said to like, put it on the calendar. Like the temple is an easy example. Like this is the day I'm going to, even if it feels far away, even if it feels hard. And I wanted to go to her seminar. So I put it on the calendar. It was coming up in like two weeks and it was out of state. We really didn't have the money for it, but I just thought I felt the spirit about it. And so I opened up, I actually had a paper calendar back then and I wrote it on my calendar and so interesting taking that little step of writing it on my calendar. The spirit told me a next little step. It said to me, send her an email and ask her if she would exchange some editing for uh, part of the cost of the conference. And she's pretty big news. She'd published three books. I was pretty sure she had editors. So, but I just, I just took that tiny step. I mean, what, what hurt, could I do like sending one email? Right. So I had her book within my inside my inbox to proofread in within three hours after that email. She she sent me wow. an email back that said, you know, it's so funny. You should ask this. I'm re-releasing my three books. I really need some proofreaders. And when I sat down to proofread that book, I was like, I'm going to prove to her that I can really help her improve this book. And, wow. and she, after I went through a few chapters with her, she said, I need to pay you. Like, this is really helpful. And I need wow. you to do all three of my books. And wow. so, um, wow. yeah, that's, that's part of um, how I got going with editing. So I love how you mentioned, you know, that the Holy Ghost just kind of revealed that next step to you, right? Like you had, you had one step in mind. And you didn't really have the 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 plan for how to get that step accomplished, but the Holy Ghost really really worked with you to be able to help lay out some other um, some other little steps along the way. And I I was thinking about it because you, <laughs> so I'm I'm going to just brag on you for a minute because um, honestly, I people might think, oh, a book coach, you know, great, that's so specific to just people who want to write, but. Outside of all of the things that I've learned through coaching with you and having you go through and edit my book, um, you have brought so much additional worth to my life in other areas. You know, you did talk to me about Leslie Householder, and I, guys, I highly recommend going and reading her books. My favorite of all of her books is actually um, Hidden Treasures. It's 
I just love it. It's such an easy read, but it goes so hand in hand with the way that Heavenly Father has these universal laws. Um, And it really helped me to understand the gospel better. And so you suggested all along the way, maybe you should pick up this book. Maybe you should pick up that book. You can always read this and you'd send me an article or you'd send me something from, um, you know, maybe Doctrine and Covenants or, or little things from the Bible dictionary and things like that. And, and it's honestly like you, you don't just keep your coaching in this little tiny box of here's a book and I'm going to work on these words. You work on the author, you work on the person and helping to really develop them into the type of person that heavenly father needs them to be with their talent for writing. And so I know that, um, that you know, this may be a career that's definitely blessing your life, Kim. And I'm sure that it's, you know, it's giving you passion and joy and, and, um, you know, helping your fine, your family out financially, but it has your, you, you taking that next step and trusting that heavenly father was going to lay the path for you has totally, um, just like infiltrated in my life. <laughs> and I love it. It's been amazing. And I, I just, I feel like a, like a better person from knowing you. <laughs> I have to second that. So um, you helped me out a lot before you were my editor. And that's when Alicia told me about you. And I I didn't even know that I had to, that I should have an editor <laughs> back then. It was, I didn't know that was even a thing. I, did, I just, I was so naive. But anyway, you helped me because um, you pointed me in the right direction. You gave me some references to some resources that I needed at the time. You helped set me up so that I could pitch at the, at the booksellers association. Um, and you did all that just to, I didn't know you, I was a total stranger to you and you just helped me and, and went out of your way to do that, which is rare. Um, that's something that I've done in my life, but not many other people have like gone out of the way to do that for me. So I really appreciated that. And I, and that's advice that I guess I would give people in general. Um, you know, when you do go out of your way to, you know, to live that golden rule and, and do to others how you would want them to treat you, it goes a long, long way in life. And it opens up incredible doors, which I think you've seen from me and Alicia. <laughs> I mean, this was, this is completely unscripted, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but you've helped our lives just taking that extra, making that extra effort when you didn't have to, and you had nothing to gain. Mm-hmm. So thank you. I'm loving this podcast. I'm just getting so good about myself right now. Thank are we going to, are we going to be so your much. new favorite podcasters, Kim? Are we going to get on that list of favorite for podcasters? Sure. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> on the top of the list for sure. And I, I have to say, I think that if somebody wants to be successful, like if you're trying to break into a field, then the question that I ask heavenly father, when I, when I do that is how do you want me to serve? And like, where can I serve? And, and, you know, cause I offered to basically volunteer. I just volunteered for Leslie. So that is, I know it's going to come back to me. And if it doesn't, who cares? You know, it makes me feel good about myself and, and I enjoy just helping other people. But I think it's just a true, it's a true principle that if you're trying to break into something or be successful, just ask, ask where you can serve, ask where you can grow the kingdom. 
I love that. Um, I think it was, uh, oh man, it was just this past conference. Someone talked about, man, maybe you guys know. Um, someone talked about consecrating all that we do to the Lord. Do you guys remember that talk? Yes. I'm going to look it up. Elder and what? How did I not know that? He's my favorite. <laughs> was it really him that talked about that? Well, I have Yeah, notes, because apparently. I missed it. Because it was that the... It was apparently it was the, the last end. session that I missed Sunday afternoon, <clears throat> and someone told me about it this morning, and oh, she okay. said, hey, you've got to go look this up, and so oh, I did. So I looked at it this morning. That's so funny. See? Look, yeah. Do you see how all this works out? It's just Heavenly Father is like, yes. You know what's funny is I um, I was super, super blessed to be able to go to conference like in person this time. And um, I was there during that session. And Uchtdorf has always been my favorite. I always claim that he's like the Sean Connery of the gospel. Right. <laughs> and, um, and yes. so I, I told friends of mine, I told uh, my friends so far as I said, listen, I said, I'm going to go to conference and I'm going to be in this last session. And Uchtdorf is going to speak during that session. Now I didn't know for sure. Right. But I was like, I put it out. I was like, Uchtdorf is going to speak because he's my favorite. And Heavenly Father knows that if it, if I'm going to hear anyone speak, it's going to be him. And so sure enough, he spoke. And I'm like texting my friend real quick. I'm like, see, I told you he was waiting on me. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. So he, yeah. So he talked about consecrating our efforts to the Lord. And I, um, it made such a big impact on me because that was something a few months ago that I really felt heavily that I needed to be doing. That I, you know, I, my plate is, Kim knows, my plate is so full <laughs> all the time and it's unnecessarily yeah. full. Like I, I'm just that yes person, you know, I just say yes to everybody and I always want to help them out and I always want to be in charge and right. I have a hard time delegating. <laughs> so, um, so I, I really thought about it. I'm like, okay, I can't do everything and I feel like everything's falling through the cracks. And so I, um. For about a month, I made it really, really personal in my prayers to ask Heavenly Father if he would just allow me to consecrate whatever I had on my plate to him and to the building of the kingdom. And it was the weirdest thing because I I just thought about this now. In that time period, I felt the least amount of stress that I felt in like a year. You know, nothing changed with my timetable. I still had too much on my plate, but all of a sudden it felt like everything was easier to carry, you know? So. Well, I'm so, sitting yeah. here thinking about that talk and I, he started off with the, with the widow's might. And mm -hmm. he said, you know, that what mattered was that she gave her all. That's all yes. that really mattered. Right. And I was taking notes on that talk and I was like, what is my all? And you know what I, what I wrote down is what my all is not is giving so much that I implode. Wow. You know, because that's what I kind of did. And that's how I got adrenal fatigue. Um, so it's kind of interesting. It's like, what, what does that look like? Giving our consecrating everything to the Lord. It's not running faster than we have strength because right. I tried that. Wow. <laughs> it wasn't well, pretty. Just slap yeah, me Alicia. with a two by four. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to tell you uh, one thing that <laughs> one thing that I've been there, man. I have lived that. So I had an author who wrote such a good book on that, "Lies of the Magpie" by Malia Warner. 
And I think so many LDS women would relate to her story. It's super witty, has some really good plot twists, but is also her biography of dealing with some hard things. Um, but I had this moment where I was able to let go of it. And um, it was at the end of my adrenal fatigue and I was feeling better. So I started doing all the things again. And I, all four of our kids were in piano lessons. So, um, but at the last moment, I knew that I was too tired to go. I knew I couldn't even, I wasn't even safe to drive. And I felt really bad. I had to call and cancel. And the piano teacher it was like two and a half hours of piano lessons. I canceled. So I felt really guilty. And I went into my closet to pray and I was too tired to kneel. I laid on my floor and I said to Heavenly Father, you know what? I can be happy with a chronic illness. This is what I learned. I'm still a good enough person. Like, I'm okay. Like, I can have this the rest of my life and it'll be fine. And I said, but you know what? I kind of need to know. So I don't like sign up for stuff like this and let other people down. And um, it was so, it was so interesting in that moment of just letting go and being like, it's okay. I can be, I can be okay in the midst of really deep trial. I, ex I, I said this, I said, you know what? I would, I know you can heal me and I would that this cup would pass from me, but if not, I'll drink it. And it's okay. Um, and in that moment of, of surrendering everything, I had an idea and it was, you need to go eat something. That was the idea. And I was like, yeah, I think that might help. And so it turned out a lot of my issues were blood sugar issues. Uh, your adrenal glands regulate your blood sugar partly. And so I went downstairs and I ate something and I actually felt quite a bit better. I still didn't go to piano lessons, but um, <laughs> I didn't go to a lot of things. Everything got canceled. My kids watched a lot of TV and ate a lot of cereal that year. Um, but they still talk about it as like one of the best years of their lives. Uh, okay, whatever. But um, yeah. But I think what am I trying to say? It's like what was so healing to me was just being able to just let go of all that stuff. I didn't actually have to do. I didn't have to be in in the calling, and my kids didn't have to be signed up for all the stuff, and I didn't have to be the super mom to feel to be good enough, and just completely surrendering. Like I'll give. I, I'll take whatever trial you give me and I'll still be good enough. I'll still know I'm your child. Wow. It's funny as you, as you talked about you laying in the closet, like I could literally see it, you know, and, and I've never <clears throat> laid down in a closet per se, but I have definitely had those prayers in a very inconvenient place where I've just surrendered everything and just had to say, I can't anymore. You know, like I just need you to just take over and just do whatever you have to do with me so that I can do whatever you need me to do. <laughs> right. And I just have to let everything else go. And so I, I really appreciate you sharing that, Kim. I think, um, I, I think I've gotten a lot out of this podcast already today. So thank you for that. Um, 
Do you have any other last thoughts, any other, any other things, lessons you've learned or takeaways that you have that you kind of are feeling maybe you want to share with others? I think in conclusion, I just want to say that even though my adrenal fatigue is pretty much resolved, I'm still going through this process of telling Heavenly Father, like I prayed that night when my lips were swelling, like no trial you ever give me will ever be wasted. I'll always, if I can, you know, as best as I can, I'll always turn to you. And, and, and I, so I just over and over, I live that. And I just, um, try to follow president Nelson's invitation to just continuously repent and give, give it back to him. Um, and our family continues to have new trials and I continue to practice it over and over again. I had in the last couple of years, I had a child come out as gay and, um, you know, that was hard for me. And I, I can honestly say that I'm super thankful to heavenly father for giving me the opportunity to soften my heart toward the gay community. And I needed to do that. Like I had a heart in heart and I am so, so thankful to do that. So I guess I just want to say this process just keeps going on over and over again. And I'm just really thankful for my heart being able to be turned to him again and again. Yeah, it's kind of like the refiner's fire, right? We we just go through it over and over again, but slowly we turn into something beautiful and it's on the inside. And that's it's amazing. It is an amazing process and it's so funny because every time something happens, um I try to think of that scripture like all things work together for your good. I I don't know where that is in the New Testament, but it's like it feels like but not this thing. Okay. This, oh, <laughs> no, can I pass on this one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It, it is, Scott. It's just the refiner's fire that we go through over and over again. Yeah, that scripture that you're talking about is actually in Doctrine and Covenants. It's 122, and it's it's section 122. It's it's my favorite. It's been my favorite since I was, like, in eighth grade. Um, <clears throat> and I have read that one over and over and over so many times in my life. So I, I get it. I do think about that. And I think sometimes too, um, a lot of the times you think, how can this be good for me at all? And it's really hard to find that good. Right. But what I've noticed in some of my trials that I've had, where it's really hard for me to, to pinpoint exactly how I grew or how that made life better for me. Um, a lot of the times I notice that it comes years later. And it's when yeah. I'm put into this, this situation where all of a sudden what I've felt, the whole reason I had to feel that is so that I could totally empathize with someone else who's feeling it now. You know, um, one of the examples mm-hmm. that I think about is just as a child, I had some, <clears throat> some experiences with some, um, some sexual abuse and, um, I went through a whole lot of, healing and trying to overcome it and trying to overcome all the crazy that comes with how you feel after something like that happens. And, um, and it wasn't until I went through that whole process of figuring out how the trauma really affected me, you know, how it was, um, incorporated into my life, how it 
was changing me into a person that that kind of had that victim mentality and not that survivor mentality, right? Um, it was years later when I was put into, actually by Scott, <laughs> he put me into a position as a young woman leader. And <clears throat> um, it it broke my heart, but there were a very large number of young women that I was over who were experiencing very similar events to what I had experienced as a child. And so I remember um, just having moments with them where I could totally talk to them. And it almost, it almost gave them permission to talk to me, if that makes sense. Like, yes, I was their leader, but at the same time, I, I was a version of them too. And they felt a lot more comfortable with being able to come and share what they were going through. And so I just thought, not that I could stop it, but at least I could help them to go through it. You know, at least I could help them to kind of find some resources and whatever else. So <clears throat> thank you, Kim. <laughs> thank you for, this has just been awesome. I I love you. <laughs> I love you too. And I'm so thankful that you're willing to be vulnerable and share those things because it like it helps us all we're all here to help each other and i think about how much like your individual books have helped me in in just in my own personal life and i think this is what we're here for to have these kind of conversations so that we can know we're not alone awesome well kim thank you so much for being with us today and for for being willing to share your story with us and with those that are listening and thank you for being an amazing editor and thank you for being a great friend and to all our listeners out there if you loved kim's story uh, please be sure to comment on it and share it with others and if you're a writer that's looking for a boost or somebody to help you with your uh, with your editing <laughs> or even a coach i'm sure uh, you can contact kim directly Kim, is there a, a way that they can reach out to you? Yeah, they can go to my website, which is kimclementediting.com. Well, thank you again, Kim. And thank you to all of our listeners. Scott and I, we are still on the hunt for even more great and inspiring stories. And we would love to hear from you guys. If you have a story that you'd like to share, please be sure to contact us. You can either head over to um, our website at latterdaylights.com. Or you can go check us out on our Facebook page. Just make sure that you use the hyphen. So it's ladder hyphen day lights. (laughs) Oh my goodness, you guys. Um, On our Facebook page, we have to have that little hyphen in there. That's right. We're so grateful for your love and your support. And we couldn't do this without all of you. And we hope that this episode has brought a little more light into your life. And that it's inspired you. And hopefully it can help you to inspire others. So we look forward to having you tune in next week for another great episode. And until then, have a great week and we'll talk to you later.